0: Moika, welcome to Mastering Finland. This podcast shares stories of foreigners in Finland and provides practical tips and learning opportunities for all. Go ahead, join our community and enjoy listening to this episode. For more information, check our website, MasteringFinland.com. Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome back to Mastering Finland. This is Matt, your host today. Hope you're having a great day. Uh, our guest today is Sanni Turminen a certified Finnish language teacher and a creator of the site, Sanon Poro. She earned her bachelor's and master's degrees in Finnish from the University of UASKELA. And through Sanon Poro, she teaches beginner, intermediate, and advanced Finnish one-on-one to her students. And she also shares free lessons to those who follow her on social media. So thank you very much for being with us today, Sammi.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me. Nice to meet you.
0: Yeah. First of all, since you are Finnish, usually we ask the question, how did you end up in Finland? But in your case, that's pretty obvious. But uh, <laughs> uh, I guess we could we could say that you have worked and studied abroad in the U.S. for a bit. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that experience and maybe how did it compare to Finland?
1: Yeah, sure. So um, the first time I went to the States, that was through a Fulbright program. So there's this program called Fulbright Finnish Language and Culture Teaching Assistant, which is a program that combines work and study. There's a maximum of 20 hours of work. And then on the side, you are taking two two courses per semester. So you can audit them or do it for credit. It's your choice, depending on where you are with your studies. But yeah, that's, that's the first time I went there, and that was in 2019, 2020. The, <laughs> the spring 2020, COVID started, so I came back home a bit earlier. But still, I finished the whole academic year remotely then from Finland. And yeah, uh, that job was, like I said, teaching assistant. So I was assisting the Finnish language lecturer uh, at Indiana University, I also got a chance to do some independent teaching, take more responsibility later. But yeah, that was the first experience there. And later on, through those contacts that I made at IU, I ended up working there again summer 2022 as a Finnish instructor at Indiana University Summer Language Workshop, which is like this two month intensive language class. And that was for beginner level. So that's how I ended up there. And it's actually pretty hard to compare the experience in teaching in the U.S. and in Finland, because the biggest difference was where and who I was teaching. In Finland, I haven't really been a part of any institution. I haven't been a part of staff in a school or university. Mm -hmm. I right away started as an entrepreneur doing private lessons. So... It was more the type of teaching that I did that was really different. Of course, there are some notions I remember from the work culture or the university culture. From student perspective, for example, I felt like the language courses at Indiana University were super demanding compared to what I was used to in Finland, when I took like a couple courses of French, it was, (laughs) you know, it wasn't that serious. I just went there and sat there and I had a textbook, but it wasn't really that much homework or anything like that. Then I take an Arabic class at IU, and I end up doing three hours of homework every day. (laughs) So that was overwhelming. So I I feel like it was pretty, pretty demanding for the students. Um, In a U.S. university, of course, I only have experience of one. But what was a really nice thing about IU and the, first of all, in Indiana University, there are a lot of languages and really small, not super popular languages that they teach there. And Mm -hmm. what I loved about the work culture there was uh, that they were really willing to collaborate and share knowledge and skills in the work community. So that was a really nice thing. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. But I I had the impression that there's a lot of paperwork <laughs> included both from the student and the teacher's side. But again, I don't have much experience of that in Finland, so cannot say which country has more.
0: Yeah. Hmm. So, you were talking about how you ended up becoming an entrepreneur here in Finland and starting your own Finnish language business. Yeah. And so, what inspired you to want to become a Finnish language teacher and then establish a Sanamporo, you know, get started as an entrepreneur?
1: Well, there were a few coincidences involved in this. So, I actually started studying political science at uh, University of Uvascula in 2013, and I quickly noticed that, okay, this is not my cup of tea. <laughs> <laughs> so one day I got a newspaper That was not meant for me, maybe for a previous tenant. It had a random name on it. And I was like, well, it's here. I might as well read it. And it had this article about a program. I think it was the Palapeli Projekti or something like this, which was pretty much uh, working with immigrants, language um, teaching and helping them get, for example, internships or work experience and getting them, you know, involved in the Finnish community. Mm -hmm. And that kind of gave me that, oh, this is actually something that I would I would like to do. I would like to help people that come here are struggling with the language and possibly the culture and the society. I, I would really like to help them. And I always had this passion to work with international people. I've always loved getting to know people from different cultures and countries. And I felt like, okay, this profession could combine my passion for languages and my interest in an international work environment.
0: Mm, absolutely. So
1: that's how I ended up changing a major from political science to Finnish language. And the story of Sanampuru then started in spring 2020 when I was finishing up my studies. I had just come back from the States and I got this message from a friend of mine asking, hey, do you want to become the tutor of this 13-year-old kid? I cannot stay in this position anymore. My life situation is changing. So I thought I'd just ask you if you would like to continue. And I was like, sure, this is perfect. It's something small, I can earn a little bit of extra money, but I still wouldn't interrupt my studies too much. Um, yeah. So that was like the perfect solution for that moment. And then after that, I ended up having more requests and more questions about one-on-one lessons. And then finally, January 2021, I just decided, okay, let's make this a thing. Now I'll <laughs> I'll establish my own company. And it became Sanampuru after a long thought process of what is the perfect name. <laughs> and uh, yeah, this whole thing involved also being invited to this awesome community of other private teachers of Finnish. And this group of people just has been a huge inspiration and it's a source of endless support. And yeah, has been since my first steps towards entrepreneurship.
0: Great, great. <laughs> well and congratulations thank you it's not an easy thing to do to start your own business and and certainly just to have the courage to even try is is a big accomplishment and
1: yeah it was a jump to the unknown <laughs> pretty much but i i have no regrets
0: Well that's good now the name sanamporo sana is word right it means word mm-hmm. and i guess with the extra n it's possessive mm-hmm. and then If I'm not mistaken, poro is like a bite or like a little bit of something or like like a piece you chew off or something. So it's almost like like word bits or something.
1: Yeah, it's a multi-level thing. (laughs) (laughs) I actually actually wrote a a blog post uh, about this name on my website, but it's in Finnish, so it's not as accessible. But um, it's a word play. From the word sahanpuru okay. with an H sahanpuru, which means sawdust, I believe. Yeah. And um, so that's one approach to the name and the other one is what you just described like kind of chewing on words. Yeah. <laughs> the sahanpuru perspective is like because language consists of tiny, tiny pieces. Like you could say sawdust <laughs> and then it becomes a pile. The more you learn, then the things connect with each other. And this was my fancy philosophy behind the name.
0: I like that. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> I want to talk to you about your teaching philosophy and things like that. Mm. How do you apply this philosophy to your lesson plans and stuff? Like when you're creating your, your modules and, and whatnot?
1: Uh, well... <laughs> Uh, I was recently thinking of this teaching philosophy thing, and I ended up googling all kinds of theories and what categories can the teaching philosophies fall into. And I uh, found myself kind of relating with uh, these fancy terms now, constructivism and humanism, where the teaching is obviously building on previous knowledge and the students' individual skills and experiences are the important starting point. So whenever I get a new student, I ask them always like the same questions. For example, what languages do you speak already? What languages have you learned? And what's your general experience of learning different languages? So that already helps me to know that, okay, how much experience possibly what kind of learning skills do they have with languages. And also if I am able to compare Finnish language to any of those languages that they already know, for example, I know German pretty well. So um, then I could compare Finnish and German. Then I do a lot of comparisons between Finnish and English, obviously. Also, it's very important for me to just know in what situations the student has used Finnish is using Finnish at the moment and is using it in the future so that I can apply what I teach to something that is relevant in their life. And I always welcome any ideas from the student's side as well. If they have like a letter that they got in the mail or something, I'm happy to go through that. Or if their neighbor asked them something, <laughs> they don't know what it was. So it's really important for me that the student brings something to the table because I believe that that's the best way to keep them motivated, that they feel like when they come to my lessons, they can apply what they learned in their life as soon as possible. Of course, there's always lessons that we just go through a grammar thing and and we apply it to examples and sentences and try to have a small conversation using that structure. But I feel like I'm pretty good at always combining the old and the new like okay now we're learning this do you remember when we were learning this thing now there's the same logic or these have to do with the same same category same structure or they stem from the same word or something like this so it's important for me to kind of keep reminding the students what they already can do and what they can build on so that's definitely one
0: that helps with their confidence i'm sure too like
1: yeah yeah Yeah, because sometimes I ask a student a question, and like, how do you say this in Finnish? And they panic. They're like, I don't know. I don't know how to say this. Then when we just break it down, we go one word by word. We find out they already knew everything that they needed. They just need the confidence and they need to be showed that you have these tools, you have the knowledge, you have the words, you just have to get used to maybe putting them together or just be more confident in your ability.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what most people in general struggle with when they're learning any kind of new language. Certainly a lot of Finns, when they feel like they're in a place where they have to speak English, Mm -hmm. they sometimes freak out. I get this a lot too where it's like, "Oh god, he's a native English speaker." Now I really don't want to talk. It's like, uh, <laughs> "No, really, it's fine. You're doing so much better than you think." Yeah. I feel so proud of myself when I can go and do some kind of interaction completely in Finnish and never have to use English. Yeah. But yeah, it's just to have that bravery and courage is really important when you're when you're trying to learn a language.
1: Yeah, and you cannot cannot afford being too afraid of making mistakes because that will just be a huge barrier you just you're never going to be perfect enough if you don't let yourself use the language before you feel like you will do everything right
0: absolutely Yeah. yeah
1: for me one very important part of my teaching philosophy is of course i try to create like a safe relaxed atmosphere where we can laugh together. It's fun. It's not that serious. And we can learn from the mistakes and making them doesn't matter. I might, I usually understand still what they're trying to say. The fact that I'm able to point out a mistake actually means that they were able to con- convey the message. And now we're just trying to make it smoother. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, I think this actually kind of goes into the next question that I was going to ask, which was, you know, what are the most common challenges that your students face and what do you do to address those? And I think that yeah. what you're what you're already talking about is going over that. And I also want to point out that in my experience, it, it seems like a lot of these, you know, at least the, the state-funded programs are a one-size-fits-all kind of solution for people that are not one-size-fits-all, and mm-hmm. I think that based on what you were just saying, it's really great that you take this approach that you're really trying to get to know the individual so that you can tailor the the lessons to what is going to really be the best for them. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I hope people can understand how super valuable that is to the learning experience too, because you're showing that you can you can see that they aren't the same as everybody else and that You're able to make changes that will help benefit them Mm. instead of just this is what I do and you follow this plan, you know, or or whatever. So that's a really good thing. And I hope that people can really appreciate uh, that that's something that you offer that not everybody else does.
1: Well, this is kind of a a (laughs) sidetrack of that, but I just realized that as a teacher, I start feeling bad. When I have a gr- a big group of students and I feel like I just don't know enough about all of them and I don't know what they need help with and where they're at. So even for me, it's more in my comfort zone to, to be one on one with someone that I can fully focus on and I know who they are what they want to learn, where they are at in their studies. So I know about their past, their present and their future hopes and plans. So it's, it just gives me the peace of mind that I, I don't have the feeling that I'm neglecting someone that could happen in a bigger classroom. Uh, But to go to the main point and the main question uh, about the common challenges, I have students coming to me saying that they have tried group classes and it just doesn't work for them either because maybe it's too like many kinds of students, many levels mixed in together um, and they just feel like, they end up attending the class, but not necessarily being very engaged or or they just have whatever reason, different reasons uh, that they're unhappy with their experiences. And they just want things to be maybe slightly more efficient <laughs> in a way that, OK, a- attention for that 45 minutes is fully on them mm-hmm. and there is no distraction Um But one of the biggest challenges with the customers, like a typical student that I have, they might be in an international workplace. They are speaking English almost all day. Mm -hmm. Or their first language might be even something else. They speak it with their family and they have no use. They want to be more like a part of the community. They want to learn the language, first of all, to feel like they're more accepted here. But also maybe they have a Finnish partner and they want to communicate with their parents or something like that. Yeah. So just the lack of situations where they can practice is sometimes an issue. And for me, uh, I'm a supporter of <laughs> usage-based language acquisition. So you have to use the language to learn the language, mm. reading and listening alone, and or just doing exercises, writing by yourself. Um, you have to use the language in those situations where you want to be able to use them. And well, one thing is that they're in my class. So that's one place where they can use the language. But if there's a student who just simply doesn't have anyone to talk to, I might even give them an advice, like talk to yourself. If you have a pet, talk to your pet, like think out loud, because speaking is, I feel like it's a muscle memory thing. Uh, Even if you would think in Finnish all day, it would still be hard to produce those words yeah. actually if you don't speak them out reading out loud anything that kind of activate the muscles yeah. <laughs> speaking muscles <laughs> and then of course you have to just immerse yourself with the language you have to expose yourself watch and listen and just use as many channels and ways of being with the language um, some people use live and breathe <laughs> finish as much as you can um,
0: yeah. I do think immersion does help. It makes it seem a little bit overwhelming at first, but it's one mm. of those things where like, you kind of find yourself forced to start using uh, what you've actually learned and actually putting it mm. into practice as a way of kind of just getting through it. And then you realize, oh, I actually kind of know this. Like this is making yeah. sense and it's starting to work. And then it doesn't seem yeah. so scary anymore and you get more comfortable with it.
1: Yeah, it can be super tiring at first. I was an exchange student in Germany with Quite kind of you know good grades but still weakish <laughs> ability to communicate in German I go there my host family doesn't speak English at all so like for the first few weeks I just wanted to sleep I was tired but it was very effective because I was surrounded by the language all the time I had no escape from it so I learned <laughs> yeah. yeah I
0: think that I mean I I've learned some French and Spanish prior to coming to Finland and in those cases i was learning you know in a classroom setting or through some kind of like application or whatever and being actually in finland with the finnish language has definitely shown that it's a big difference because mm. you you are exposed to it a lot more you start to like even if you're trying to escape it you know it's mm-hmm. kind of there anyway yeah. and and in a way just by being around it in general you start to sort of absorb it in ways Mm -hmm. that you don't even realize until later and then you start to pull it out like oh wow I I actually somehow picked that up I heard somebody say that and now I know and Mm. uh, yeah
1: of course people usually end up contacting me because they might have been in Finland for five years and they feel like okay now or never I need to start doing something about this I still cannot communicate in Finnish so it's like um even though you are here, it, it always doesn't mean if you're super busy with your career and work and you have a family and you talk to them in a different language, it it is a huge challenge. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Mm. Well, it's also good. Your um, language courses are a great option for people who do have mm. some kind of a life happening mm. uh, because you can work that into the schedule instead of it being like, for instance, this course I'm in right now, it's five days a week, uh, nine o'clock in the morning to almost two in the afternoon. And mm-hmm. I can't do anything else. And before that, when I, when I first moved, I ended up getting a job in an English-speaking environment. So uh, I wasn't able to take the course then. Mm-hmm. But if I could have taken something – I would have liked to have had that option, you know, and now maybe there were things around like what you're doing that I didn't even know about back then.
1: Yeah, it's a less less known.
0: I mean, there were a couple of evening courses, but they would start 30 to 60 minutes after I would be home from work. So yeah. I couldn't get into those. I also kept getting enabled where everywhere I went, people would be able to communicate with me in English for yeah. the most part. So I stopped feeling like I had that need for mm. it and...
1: That's good.
0: I still wanted to learn it, but then, I don't know. It just became, it, that became like an additional challenge. I've even had people like Finnish people telling me, you don't need to learn Finnish.
1: Oh, yeah, that's like so. a <laughs> confidence issue of Finnish people. We're not proud enough <laughs> uh, of our uh, language. And uh, we, yeah, that that's just, that's a little bit sad in my opinion yeah because some people end up in that trap where they're not required they're not necessarily even encouraged <laughs> so then they're like, well yeah, whatever I'll manage it I can live in English and everybody speaks English and yeah
0: well and I think it's true that your your day-to-day life usually you're probably fine but once it gets to the point where you're trying to actually get into like a job field or, or something mm, I mean, Finnish may not just be encouraged, but absolutely uh, essential. For Mm. instance, like the healthcare industry and stuff, you can't be expected to be dealing with patients and not being able to communicate in a common language. So
1: Yes, of course.
0: So it's sort of one of the things you got to consider. And then it also, I guess, you know, when you are in a country and the native language, whatever your reason for being there, there should still be a certain amount of that language that, you know, it makes sense that you should probably be... Be learning because it doesn't work that way where everybody else uh, changes for you.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And one thing that came to mind is that um, even though I have had these students who basically their tasks at work are always completed in English, they end up in a situation where they feel like, okay, when we go to the coffee break, everybody starts speaking Finnish and then they feel left out. So those are the situations where they start feeling like, okay, I still feel like an outsider and I don't want to feel this way anymore. So, yeah, that's also one one element Mm.
0: that is easy for for that kind of situation to create that feeling, because um, when you're around people who can speak the language and they start doing it and then you sort of are like, oh, I I can't follow this so well. It's not like you you necessarily think that people are saying bad things about you that you can't understand or things like that. But it's <laughs> yeah. it's sort of just like this. It's I guess it's part of that human desire to to have those interactions and communicate and to to be in a situation where you're hearing these words but you can't understand. You know, that it mm-hmm. just create that feeling of oh no, I like I really am curious now and I wish that I knew. <laughs> so hopefully yeah, that motivates yeah. people to. To start learning it more. Mm,
1: mm. Another struggle that people often have is that they they cannot deal with the uncomfortable feeling that because they're learning a new language, they have a limited amount of resources for some time because they're still learning. They feel like they their communication becomes childlike, like they yeah. they cannot express themselves freely and for some for some people it's really hard to deal with this feeling and um, often they end up with this block that they can, they feel like they cannot speak at all because they cannot express perfectly what is on their mind. And I came up with this comparison that, Like imagine that you're a child and you have a certain set of toys at home. Like you have a huge collection of toys. You can do whatever you want. Then you go to your grandma and grandpa's place and they have maybe a couple of books and a few things that they have collected there. And as a child, you end up like, okay, I can't do anything with these um, because you're still thinking about all those toys you have at home. So it's a bit similar with language. Like sometimes I have to help my students work with the smaller amount of (laughs) words, smaller amount of knowledge and expressions um, so that they get rid of that kind of that block (laughs) of producing. So, yeah, that's one thing. And humor often helps in that. I've seen... Hilarious examples of people who kind of make themselves this role. They have this Finnish character and they just say fun things with the words that they know as a joke. It can be a joke. They can say, but they can repeat the same word. They can make super simple, weird sentences, but they're using the language, even if it's like a role for some, like a small amount of time. And I've seen results come out of this because. It's still active use of the language, playing around with words, bravely trying new things because you're making it fun. You're making it a joke, so you're not thinking too much about it. So that's one way of getting rid of overthinking.
0: <laughs> that's a, a very clever approach because you're you're creating a character, so you're not the one who is yeah practicing and maybe failing with a language this character is exactly so it makes it a little bit easier for you to you have like a little bit of a mask that you can put on to yeah that's that's pretty cool i like that i need to think about Mm. doing that myself maybe (laughs) Um, let me
1: know when you come up with one okay absolutely (laughs) give it a name
0: (laughs) so what kind of like resources would you recommend to your students on ways that they can Continue to improve outside of your course and things that they can do to kind of keep up the practice?
1: Well, my services include 45 minute lessons, which always include homework. So uh, the homework might mean if we're using a textbook, then it's probably a set of exercises from there, but also I might find some games online. I'm a huge fan, fan of word wall games. So I link, I always look up, okay, this is what we studied today. So let's see what kind of games can. I find from the Wordwall wall community that match what we have learned okay. I might also at the moment I'm teaching one couple which is fun because I can give them a homework like okay when you're at home uh, you have a cat so just talk out loud and talk about what the cat is doing and where it's going and and also when you are talking amongst yourselves then you can talk okay i'm going to the store and very everyday even like a phrase here and there yeah so that's of course one and then uh, additional resources if i have managed to find out about the students interests for example this teenage kid that i was tutoring he liked Certain video games. So I was using YouTube videos from like gamers. What is it called? Like streaming their gaming. Yeah. yeah. So I used those as a material. Okay. This is your task. Now listen to this stream video clip and answer these questions and so yeah youtube other social media i use a lot uh Yle arena and other streaming services i recommend books in easy finnish and i might use them with the students in class as well for example hanna mannikolahti is writing these versions of books in easier finnish those are great for language learners who like reading mm-hmm. and of course there are plenty of websites uh Selko is a classic (laughs) and there are blogs and and even websites that just break down grammar for you in english or finnish and yeah there are all kinds of things that i i try to come up with too and of course i recommend songs music finnish music movies programs yeah these kind of things usually
0: very good i think a lot of what you said that i'm i'm familiar with i i agree they're they're good to be part of your extra learning, I guess, because, you know, Mm. you could watch a a Finnish show and try to just pick up things. You can also, if you're watching on Finnish television, a show that is not in Finnish, Mm. the subtitles, you could could read the subtitles and you'll see the Mm. words and it helps to learn. I mean, one of the things that's good about Finnish is that all the letters are pronounced the same way. So if you can see how it's written, you probably should know how to pronounce it as well. Yeah. So that that can be helpful. You know, you might be watching one of your favorite movies that you've seen mm. that's in English and then now you're able to read along in Finnish. Yeah. And you might know other people who are doing the opposite. Like they are they speak Finnish and they're reading the subtitles. That's how they watch the movie because they're not <laughs> so familiar with the English, but that's how yeah. they're following it. So it's kind of interesting. And then you'll find you'll laugh sometimes when you you do understand and you realize that the Finnish subtitles said something slightly different. Yeah. And that probably means that it was more uh, interesting or it might be funnier to the Finn reading it mm. than whatever came out of the mouth of the actor. So, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I've learned so much. Like, I've learned a lot of English through TV and uh, songs, like music. So that's why I, I believe in it <laughs> as a method. Also, because it's fun.
0: Yeah. Hmm. I was going to ask about common misconceptions that people have about Finnish language and the culture. Mm-hmm. And what do you do to address those with your students?
1: Yeah, you mentioned something related to this. So um, Finnish language being super difficult is, of course, one uh, <laughs> stubborn. Of course, it has some truth to it, to it because it's, it's very different from many languages. And um, since I've taken a course of Arabic... I know how it feels when you're trying to memorize vocabulary that reminds you of no other language you have ever studied, and it takes time to remember vocabulary. That is definitely one one thing that makes Finnish language challenging but Mm. I always feel sad when if I have a student who keeps repeating things like yeah it's so difficult and or not even my students but people in general keep saying Finnish people like to say that it's difficult and it's like this word that spreads (laughs) and it keeps you know strengthening itself this idea even though Like you said, there are things that are easy about Finnish language, such as this, that the letters or the sounds match quite well with the written form and, for example, English in this sense is quite difficult to yeah. learn how to spell words or the other way around to learn how to pronounce them based on how they they are spelled because yeah. one vowel yeah. might sound four different ways depending on where it is in the word so that's one easy thing especially for people who come to Finland and they are actually starting from learning how to read and write for the first time. So Finnish language is actually great for that, for people who are adults and starting from just learning alphabet for the first time. But how I usually just address this is this way. I point out things that are simple, that are easy. Many people actually who are into mathematics and they end up learning Finnish they really like the fact that Finnish grammar, even though it might seem complex and there are a lot of rules, it is quite consistent and logical, many people say. <laughs> uh, I agree, of
0: course. From a mathematical so, standpoint, so...
1: absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because if you keep thinking that this is impossible to learn, it's gonna affect your ability to learn if that's your expectation and your attitude towards learning thing i i haven't gotten great results learning how to play guitar because i feel like my fingers just cannot do this <laughs> still kind of playing even though i'm sure i could
0: maybe i can help you there i i also play guitar and okay can, uh, i'll teach you some guitar and you can teach me some more finish <laughs> when i was first learning any Finnish at all when i first moved here i kind of just bought into that same noise i was hearing this is the hardest language in the world. Some people were saying, yeah, it's really hard. But having been here for a while, I still can see that it's a challenging language. But what I've really come to terms with is that the reason why I think it's a difficult language is because it's not my language. I'm learning it. Mm. Any language that I would be learning would have its difficulties and its challenges. And it's kind of like the first time that you see something like 1 plus 1 equals 2, when you don't really understand that concept, it looks like the most co- complicated thing ever. Mm. But then you start to understand what one is and what plus is and what two is mm. and what equals means. And then all that starts to come together. And then you move on to the more complex you know, math problems, obviously, right? So that's kind of how language is too. Actually, it's also similar in, in music. One way to learn a language that people tend to learn is they learn how to say phrases or different kinds of things that they're used to saying like how do you say this in this language Mm. and they just want to kind of know the translation Mm. but it's not the same as having all of the components in your brain to be able to structure that sentence yeah and that's how it really is so it's kind of like if you're playing a song Mm. you might know the chords or you know the notes and if you just memorize what they are and play them you can do that but it's not the same as like somebody who can do like all this improvisation and everything because they know where all the notes are on the fretboard and they can just do all that kind of stuff because they're actually being able to like compose the music as if you were taking your thoughts and turning them into a uh, language mm. i mean somebody once said are you learning to play songs or are you learning to play like the instrument mm. and that was like kind of the takeaway from that was yeah most of the time i'm just learning how to play a song and not how to really play and create completely new stuff. Mm -hmm. And then looking at language the same way, most of the time I'm learning how to say, hello, how are you? You know, and then, hi, I'm fine. Thanks for asking you and you, that's the kind of stuff you learn. But then when you start to actually learn the language, you can have a real conversation with people.
1: Mm. Yeah. It's easier to uh, what we talked about earlier to Take what you have learned before and start applying the same piece of knowledge to new and new concepts or contexts. Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. Mm. And it really does help to just think about something that you are doing today, like this real simple thing I do every day or that I do every week or something. Like I'm going to the store. So mm-hmm. I can say, like, you know, Mina or, Menengalpa. Or you can say, oh, you know, like, on uh, Sata. It's raining. Mm-hmm. I'm going to eat. And these are the food words.
1: Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's exactly. It. You can exactly. think out loud. You can explain what you're doing. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Soita exactly.
0: mm? What do you find the most rewarding about teaching Finnish? Mm.
1: The first reward for me is every time a student comes back. Come, comebacks, <laughs> comes back to my lessons. It it just means that okay, they're getting something out of this. They might be even enjoying it. I hope. <laughs> and they might at the end of the class we have already finished up, and they're like, oh, I wanted to share with you that the other day I was in the elevator, and uh, the neighbor came there, and we had a we had a small conversation. I was only able to say mm hmm, but I understood what they're saying. <laughs> or I was in the in the subway and. A woman complimented my shoes and asked where they're from. I understood what she was asking. I had to answer in English. But she, but the person was so proud about being able to um, participate in interaction. And she said, like, I've never had a conversation with a Finnish person before. And this was the first time. And I feel like the key was that I, I now have. At least a little bit of finnish skills to work with and of course uh, all other feedback that students are willing to provide that they they have gotten more confident in speaking and using finnish or they're not as afraid of mistakes anymore as they used to be and they are bravely using the language even though Mm. they might not be perfect and the more concrete kind of results are if I was training somebody for an uki test and they passed the for example I've been training a person for the writing test specifically so they they got the grade or the the result that they wanted and those are then like the more concrete results and ways to measure the success but the most important reward for me is that the student feels that they are improving I'm not huge on uh, Grading is my least favorite thing and assessment and this type of stuff in teaching. I I want to focus more on what the student is able to do with the language and how it affects their life. And it, yeah, if I get yeah. good news from that front, then I'm more than happy.
0: <laughs> All right. Do you have any big future plans for Tanamporo?
1: Well, it's only been two years now, so I'm still kind of in a process of establishing who I am as a teacher and kind of figuring out I'm trying all kinds of different different things I have many different types of students which I love right now this is exactly where I want to be and what I want to do I never have a similar day that's that's an argument many people use when they describe their work but I am interested in I've been kind of planning that maybe someday in the future I could have like a online course that is not always me it's like a video course that people could just independently do without me always you know providing one lesson at a time they could do it in their own pace it would be just some kind of package of instruction plus materials that could be used
0: right yeah
1: for self-study so that's something I've been thinking of but it's still kind of in the mood board <laughs> stage. Yeah. Yeah. But that that okay. could be interesting and you know, I never know. I'm I'm the kind of person that changes their mind a lot, but uh <laughs> <laughs> but let's see. I I feel like this is the perfect kind of job for me because I keep having different students and and different Types of services that I can provide for each student individually. So the tailoring aspect of this this work is what keeps me excited and interested and uh, willing to learn new every day.
0: That's really good. Well, do you have uh, anything else that you want to talk about?
1: Uh, well, for I could just send my greetings to all Finnish learners out there. Just uh, the key is just being consistent with it. Uh, everybody learns in a different way and in a different pace Uh, you shouldn't compare yourself too much to others and everybody has their own path you can do it
0: (laughs) the important thing is that you don't give up yes keep going exactly you'll you'll end up getting it right Mm -hmm. what's the best way for our followers to find you
1: well the two two best ways are finding me on instagram Sunny. what's it the line like underneath what's...
0: Oh, uh, underscore.
1: Yes. Uh, Sanampuru. Or uh, you can always send me a DM there or then you can find my website, website sanampuru.com. And there's like this form you can fill in and send me an email. And of course, you can just directly send an email as well at sanni.sanampuru at gmail.com.
0: Okay. Thank you so much again for coming on and talking about this. And, you know, I, I think learning the language, it's a, it's a, good, it's a good topic... Uh, for people to, you know, to listen to and to understand, like, uh, it's not that scary. It's not the same for everybody. And, mm. you know, like you said, don't compare yourself to others. So I think,
1: yeah.
0: you know, it's, a, it's definitely a good thing to be making sure that we discuss. And I appreciate you coming on and sharing all that with us. So thank you.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for inviting me. This was a yeah. really nice conversation.
0: It's been a pleasure. Until next time, mojka. Moi moi. Thank you for listening. You can subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Apple or Google Podcasts and other podcast providers. For more information, follow our Instagram at mastering.finland.podcast. Subscribe to our monthly newsletter and keep an eye on our website, masteringfinland.com. Have a nice day and good luck with your own Mastering Finland story.
1: Bye.